Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams. Brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. So I'm Neil Driscoll and today's podcast is going to be talking to you about using your instruments on board for passage making. Now, it's deliberate that I'm talking about passage making because hopefully, you know, if if we're doing our job properly, your um, adventures are becoming bolder and longer and, um, you know, possibly um, with less people on board or with, um, you know, stretching stretching your legs out into darkness, etc. So there's a, there's a whole bigger picture of stuff I just want you to think about for your instrumentation. And please bear with me on the fact that, you know, I, some of you are listening here and you've got yeah, very, very straightforward and simple instruments. And some of you have got quite advanced uh, systems on board. And I'm, you know, it's my intention to make sure this adds value to all of you. So, um, look, if, if if some bits come up and they're features that you, you know your system wouldn't necessarily have, then um, you know, I I feel like you're at least going to get something out of knowing that um, if at some point you wanted to upgrade, that you um, you kind of got an idea of things that you might think about. Now, the first thing I want to mention is um, being able to link to a tablet. Now, many systems that you come across now have uh, one way or another, but basically a Wi-Fi network comes as part of the integration to get the instruments to talk to each other. They might be linked via um, an Ethernet cable. That's the one that looks a bit like your... um, uh, comes out of your internet box at home. The blue one has a kind of funny phone line connection on it. But... Basically, there's usually some sort of Wi-Fi on board so that you can connect to a tablet. I often find there can be a little bit of faff involved with this. It's um, it's never quite as simple as you thought it was going to be. So if you haven't done that, take some time, you know, if you're carrying a tablet on board to find out what the app is and download it and make sure that it's talking to each other. Because it's a great asset. And when you look at the price of a, a chart plotter... Um, you know, a, a really good option we're seeing on basically a minimum of all the production boats we get on new these days is they'll really put the minimum size chart plotter that they can and then just link it to an iPad so that you can um, you can cut the costs and, um, and, and have a lot of usability. Um, so, yeah, number one, if you haven't got the link to a tablet sorted out, get it sorted out. If you have got the link to the tablet sorted out, make sure it works. Make sure that you're getting the functionality that you're expecting and um and and get comfortable with that because it's it's really handy i'd mention though um so usually because it's essentially a repeater that still talking about the tablets it's essentially a repeater of the chart plotter then you won't have any functionality once you leave the wi-fi network of the boat so you know having something like a navionics as well um, as in the actual app, I know it gets confusing because the chart card is called Navionics usually. Um, so not the map card in your chart plotter, but the actual Navionics app that you buy from Navionics. Um, it's not a bad idea so that you can then actually do work and planning and checks um, when you're um, when you're off the boat. Plus, of course, you get the backup essentially so that if there was an issue of the Wi-Fi on board or your chart plotter, you've got the independent resource of Navionics um, as well, uh, which could be on your phone or any other devices. So that's one thing. 
The next then is um, adjusting your screens. Um, I find this an incredibly underutilized function. Like as a ballpark, I would say most chart plotters, you've probably you've got a selection of about 150 different data displays that you can have. Um, for f when you kind of think about it, it makes sense that some might be big and really easy to read, i.e., like speed when you're helming. Others might um, not need to be quite as big, but handy, such as the set and drift information or the um, the time um, or distance to waypoint, etc. I mention this because I'd highly recommend that you take some time to customize your display uh, for when you've got um, a data bar on the side of the chart or you've got two charts running together with a data bar or when you've got... Um, you know, half the screen data, half the screen chart, and half the screen and the whole screen data. You can name them. Um, you can adjust them. It's really worth doing. Usually, when I get on a boat, most people haven't taken the time to do this, and um, you think how much money this all costs, and then half the data that you're looking at is irrelevant, and also taking the place of things that might be quite useful. So, I highly recommend that you kind of take some time to. Uh, get different inputs coming in so that you can see um, at different points you can easily make sure that you know what's coming. I mentioned this uh, this kind of passage making stage of a, a podcast because yeah, when you're just doing short trips you probably aren't even really looking at data you've just got the you know you've got a nice pretty uh, electronic chart and you watch the boat move across it and then you get the, to the destination and you go whoopee so it's just kind of getting you thinking now, you know, we might be navigating to waypoints that are a long way out of sight and, um, you know, we might have to make considerations about cross-track error of how far we get off the run line, etc. Hey, at this point, um, I'll come back to this, but if this stuff is new to you, then I'd highly encourage you to have a look at our um, either our standalone courses or our complete skipper offering to kind of raise your game on all of your navigation and passage planning. Um because it's great to be awesome at this stuff, and we've got the whole thing built into a, a, a bundle for you to have a look at. Now, um, keeping going, so the next one is um, which compass are we steering with? So depending on your setup, um, yeah, multi-hold boat with a standalone autopilot could well have, um, you know, a heading, course over ground, um, uh, autopilot, which may or may not be integrated, which could have a different display, plus your normal steering compass, which could be on each helm. Basic deviation check, you want to be making sure that you know, you know, are they giving the same information, but also really worth nominating when we're giving a course or even just for yourself, which compass are we looking at? Because it's not unusual that you're getting uh, some fluctuations from different displays um, and making sure that you kind of know which one you and the helm or the auto or when the autopilot's driving, you know, what which compass reading we're relying on for... Uh, driving the boat uh next one is fairly easy but um makes a big difference is the um the brightness so um basically how you turn the displays from day mode to night mode or something in between um tricks for young players make sure when you finish you um if you are out in night mode that you flick it back onto day mode it's often a nightmare trying to actually see the screen and work out what you're doing in the daytime um 
when if you have left the unit in night mode. And if the unit seems to be on, but the screen seems to be blank, you're probably in night mode. So check that before you call an electrician. Um, if in doubt, remember, you could always just put like a jacket or something over your head when you're looking at the screen, just try and make it darker and we'll help you see what's going on. But make sure you can adjust your instrument repeaters, your chart plotters, and that you can basically control um, control your instrument so you know what you've got by day and by night. Uh, also worth factoring in with that, you know, talking about changing displays, um, things like wind angle might become um, true or apparent, depending on what you steer to, but uh, might become more important for you uh, at night when, you know, it might not be as obvious for you where the wind's coming from, um, even if you're experienced. So just something to, you know, it's all these things we think about. It's a work in progress. And on this note, these are the kind of things why I'm a massive fan of you going off and doing a passage by day when you kind of get in your legs for all this stuff, where you come home from somewhere um, doing it as a nighttime passage so that you're, you know, you're learning all these things in a familiar area rather than trying to do them on the fly when it's all a bit intimidating. A uh, couple of little ones to finish off. So... Uh, depth calibration, just making sure we're crystal clear on what it is. There's always a whole bunch of chit-chat. Is it offset from this or this? Or, oh, there's a bit of a factor. And just know what the answer is. Like, what is <laughs> our depth calibration? So that when we were looking at, well, hopefully looking at charts, almanacs, training things, and we're working out what we, um, what we need to... Um, steer to or you know what decisions we need to make just make sure that you are on top of what the actual answer is and you know if you've got multiple people using the boat it's a good idea to um, just have a note somewhere like zero is zero or uh, boat runs aground at 2.4 whatever it is depends how you set it up but just know what your depth calibration is uh, and then the last one for today is the alarms probably the most underutilized thing on your um, navigation systems, you know, the cross-track error alarm, the deep water alarm, the um, dangerous vessel alarm. So all of these things can be adjusted. Um, I've, I, I, you know, they've all got different values. I'm, it's not really within the scope of this to try and go through why you'd use each alarm. But and just put on your awareness that the nav system has a whole bunch of possibilities for alarms. They're all there for a reason. Um, if you're not using them, then it's worth taking the time to have a look at them and understand what they're there for. And uh, particularly our um, day skipper course will be a really good uh, tool for you if you want to be kind of getting more out of this and, and getting some, you know, getting some, using the warnings that are available to you. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, quick summary. Um, Sort out the link to the tablet, understand how to adjust the displays for the data that you want in different uh, modes, know which compass you're steering to, make sure you can adjust the brightness for day and night on all controls, know what your depth calibration is, and get your head around your alarms. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>